Hey, podcast listeners, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this show. It would mean the world to me if you would take a second and subscribe and share this episode with a friend you've got in business. All right, let's get into this week's show. Well, hey, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. For those of you who are kind of new to this world, let me just say that the purpose of the Kingdom Business Podcast and the greater Kingdom Business Movement is ultimately to raise up tens of thousands of kingdom entrepreneurs around the world who see their business as their ministry, who want to play a part in getting rid of this corrupt self-interest business world and replacing it with God's way of trading. Today, I want to talk about handling overwhelm. You know, overwhelm is an interesting topic. Like I've certainly experienced it and I'll, and I'll say that I will experience it again. Okay. I feel like I feel like overwhelm is a trademark um, of any kingdom achiever, right? Anybody that's trying to do something great with their life, especially in the faith, because we have an enemy, it's going to be a hallmark of your life. It's just a case of learning how to handle it. Um, you know, I don't think you can ever get rid of overwhelm unless, of course, you just go play small, in which case you won't have overwhelm. That's the only way. If you If you decide to be committed to the kingdom cause, if you want to scale up a great business that has a great amount of impact and big profits, you're going to have to be able to handle overwhelm and it's not going to go away. You know, overwhelm as a concept is, you know, kind of comes in many facets. You know, the Bible talks about being overwhelmed with sin and iniquity, right? And not about you, but that was me before I came to Christ, right? Um, but it also talks about being overwhelmed by the love of God, okay? So, so you know, overwhelm as a concept is, it is what it is. But of course, you can be overwhelmed with the demands of business, which is the context that we're talking about today. But overwhelm, you know, is, is, is good and bad, right, in, in those settings. But in, the, but in the lenses of business and overwhelm and the pressure, right, uh, you know, that's, that's dangerous. That's the one that we're going to tackle here with how do you handle it. You know, I think overwhelm is a capacity issue. Okay, so I'm not going to pander to the whole like you you know you should you should give yourself uh, you know let yourself off the hook. I won't be doing that. Um, I actually want us to expand out of our overwhelm. So that's what basically the the avenue we're going to go down. I think overwhelm is a capacity issue. We basically get to our own capacity, and then more comes at us, and then we hit overwhelm. Here's the good news: your capacity can increase. Like if I think about now, you know, today I run three multi-million dollar businesses and I get overwhelmed today. But I remember back to 2007, if I had to do one sales presentation, that would just bring me overwhelm, right? It's like that was my capacity then. Today, the things that give me overwhelm or when I see overwhelm or, or start to feel it, are much bigger, much more complex, much more far-reaching things today. And how good is that, right? Because that's the evidence that we are growing as a person, growing as a child of God, growing as a kingdom entrepreneur, because it's a capacity issue. You get to the point where you get overwhelmed, and I'm going to show you the model of how do you expand out of it so that your capacity increases. And then when you get overwhelmed, how do you expand out of it? You know, and I'll put it to you this way, quite simply. If you know, Richard Branson, the founder of the Virgin Group, right, with, you know, dozens of global companies was running your business, would he be overwhelmed with the issues that you're facing today? The answer is probably not. 
Okay, why? Because he's built a capacity, right? Um, and so, so that's like when you view it that way. That's why we can never run away from it, right? We need to break it, but we never want to run away from it. Because if you run away from overwhelm, you never actually expand your territory, right? You never actually push out to being able to handle a bigger capacity. So when overwhelm's there, sure, we have to handle it, but we don't want to run away from it, right? We want to handle it. And one of the things that we do is we want breakthrough so that we can handle a bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger capacity. You know, just as a side note, a lot of people praying for the favor of God in their business, which is wonderful, and you should. But think about it from a good, good father's perspective. If you're currently maxed out on overwhelm and you don't have the capacity to handle anymore, how, the Lord's not going to bless the business because he's not going to want to see you completely implode. So you've got to build a model that allows you to handle bigger capacities so that the Lord can put the favor on and push you out to the next level and then a model to build bigger capacity so that the Lord can apply the favor, all right? He's too much of a good dad to apply increase and favor to you if you're currently on the rev limiter, maxed out, you know, and, and, and on the edge of falling apart. All right, you know, um, when I think about my journey, I said before, like, you know, the things that used to bring me undone were really small compared to today. But I can start to see the triggers now, right? Here's one of them. I start making a lot of mistakes. There's just too many spinning plates in my life. And I'm, you know, I'm dropping this and that one's breaking this. I'm not getting back to this person. I dropped the ball on that. We missed invoicing that. We didn't do the work there. Like, like we start, start making tons of mistakes. And one of the things for me that where I can start to see it is I start saying sorry a lot. Right, you know, and, and that's an indicator for me. Another one is I get real foggy, right? We, I get real foggy in my head. I, I can't figure out, I can't just make a decision because I'm just running this racket around in my mind. You know, something else that gets happy is, uh, so something that happens is I get angry. I get real short and real snappy, you know, and, and, and to be honest, that plays out at home more than anywhere else, right? This is why I'm, I'm able to kind of see these triggers early um, as a warning sign to be able to break the capacity to move to the next level. And here's an interesting one that I have noticed over the years. And I'll be, the, I'll be the one to say it rather than ask you if you've been like this because I don't mind throwing myself under the bus. When, I, when I've been in that place of overwhelm and I've stayed there too long, you know, after making mistakes, being foggy and, and angry, self-loathing kicks in. I start to not like me, right? I start to beat myself up. You're no good. You're a loser. Not cut out for this. Like the self-loathing kicks in. That, that's a really bad place to get to and yet many people camp there for a long long time so now we've got it we've got to fix this capacity issue and when those things come up because they're going to there's going to be times when whatever that whatever the indicators are for you minor foggy angry mistakes right self-loathing when i see them early i'm like aha i know what i need to do here okay i need to expand out of this capacity issue our minds just get full and full and full and full. And you've probably noticed if you've been in overwhelm or maybe if you're there now, it's okay, I'm going to pray for you at the end of our session today. But our mind just starts whirring and whirring and whirring and, 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 and it gets faster and faster. We don't solve any issues when we get to that point. We're not productive or creative or solution-orientated. We're just, 
We're just like, we don't know, like everything seems to feel like it's linked to something else and you can't make this decision because of that decision and that decision because of that decision, right? And when you get to that point, the enemy's now going, aha, awesome. We have a redundant Christian who as long as I can keep them here will be an ineffective believer. That's the goal of the enemy, right? I don't want this person taking any ground. I'm going to insert the father of lies to their own, you know, mind going a million miles an hour, and I'm going to keep them in that place as much as I can. That's when it becomes a playground for the enemy. You know, one of the things for me that I used to catch myself saying, which was another indicator, is I just feel the walls coming in at me, right? The, just the walls are coming in, and I can't push them out. Like the demands, the pressure, the walls are coming in so bad, I don't know what to do about it, right? That's, that's the feeling. It's, it's suffocating right, when this overwhelmed thing comes. That's why I'm doing a video on it, because I've learned how to handle it, and I want you to be able to do it as well. Oh, hey, I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. Listen, I'm just here training a group here in this room, but I need you to subscribe to my channel. Guys, do you think they should subscribe to the channel? Yeah! Guys, please, subscribe. I've got three steps on how to handle it. The first thing we've got to do, number one, is we've got to get above the overwhelm. We've got to get out of that situation where our mind is moving a million miles. We've got to get out of it, and we've got to get above the overwhelm. We need a fresh perspective. Because when you're in it, you're just stacking thoughts, the same thoughts, day in, day out, day in, day out, stacking, stacking, stacking. That's what happens when you're in it. You've, you've got to be able to kind of put a circuit breaker in, which is this video, which you can watch many, many times forever. And you've got to go and get above the overwhelm, right? Change our perspective. Ultimately, what I'm saying here is we've got to get eyes off ourselves and onto God. When I say onto God, what do I mean? I mean, spend more time in prayer, spend more time in praise, spend more time looking at the promises. And one of my favorite things to do is go back to taking communion with the Lord. So you don't have to you don't have to go to church to take communion, right? You know, Jesus went and had communion on his own with the Father, right? And so I actually love communion. In terms of breaking my state and getting me to see a new perspective and, and, and you know, and, and getting out of the, all those thoughts, communion is my number one tool. And, um, you know, what is that? It's literally just getting something that symbolizes, you know, the wine and the bread, the, the blood and the body. I just went, you know, to get those little things that church have that got some red juice in them. They got two lids. One lid gets the little cracker. One lid. I just went and bought a bunch of them, right, from the local Christian shop, hundred of them or whatever. And I just sit them at home and I just take communion, just me and God, and I, and I hold the little communion emblems out and I just start taking communion, start worshiping and telling me how good it is. Thank Him for all the good things in my life. I got to tell you, communion might take five minutes. It might take an hour, depending on the day immediately afterwards, it feels like the walls have been pushed back out. And here's what's interesting. That's why it's a perspective issue. Nothing's changed in my life. The demands are still there. The emails are still there. The 400 messages are still there, right? You know, like, like all the deadlines for the business and the launches and the events and the conference, they're all still there. But 15 minutes after spending time with the Lord in communion, I feel like I can breathe again. And yet nothing's changed because it's about me, it's about my mindset, it's about my perspective to be able to get over it. Number one, get above the overwhelm, <clears throat> right? And, and I'll give you a wonderful example. This is one of my favorite stories. Um, if I go to 
Um, so we're in, uh, we're in 2 Chronicles 30 here. Let me just make sure I've got that right. 2 Chronicles 30. I don't want to send you up the garden path. 2 Chronicles 30. Uh, yeah, no, sorry. I did the same thing as the other day. 2 Chronicles 23. 20 verse 3, right? 2 Chronicles 20 verse 3. And we're looking at the King Jehoshaphat. Now, here's a story. Um, so I'll, we'll go back a little bit. So go from 20. What happens is Jehoshaphat is a good guy, good king, loves God. And he just went as king and a phenomenal leader, and he went to all the towns um, in the region and the big towns and the little towns. The Bible makes that clear fact, right? So he went and saw. He, he didn't just go to the big cities where he was welcomed. He went to the little towns and basically brought revival and then everyone's heart turned back to God. That's what had just happened. Then we get to <clears throat> number three. It says it is. <clears throat> some people came and told, so this is immediately afterwards. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already um, at the Tamar. <clears throat> Alarmed, right? Another, so overwhelmed. If you, if you go back to the original text, overwhelmed is a version of that. Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town to seek God. So catch this, right? So he's just done this massive, there's a massive move of God. He's, 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 he's cast vision. God's done a massive miracle in the region and all the hearts. Immediately, the devil's like, right, I'm coming after you. And three armies come and wage war. It's the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Menunites came to wage war. Three armies. Remember I said it's like the walls coming in? Think about Jehoshaphat. He's got three armies who have colluded. They're marching from three different areas down on him because they want to wage war with him, ultimately take him out. Right? But what's his response? His response is alarmed. He resolved to inquire of the Lord and proclaimed a fast. You know, we've just got to get to the point where our, our response is to lean into God. Right? Overwhelm comes from trusting ourselves a little bit too much in a self-righteous way. And we need to lean in and start trusting the Lord. And for Jehoshaphat, it was immediately, right? As soon as he felt the overwhelm, he turned to the things of God. And he's not the only one, right? <clears throat> Psalm 91, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress in whom I trust. Remember, we're not trying to trust ourselves. We're trying to trust God, right? So here we have a psalm that speaks of the same thing. Catch this one. Isaiah 40, 31 says, those whose hope is in the Lord will renew their strength, right? You know, that place of overwhelm can be so defeating and you need that new strength because you're going to expand out of it. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. I don't know about you, but when I've been overwhelmed, it's just so heavy that you're tired. You're tired, you're weary. And yet the promise of the God, promise from God, is that those whose hope is in the Lord will renew their strength and not grow weary. Philippians 4.6 says, Do not be anxious for anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Right? When you're overwhelmed and you want to get above the overwhelm to change your perspective, thanksgiving is the key. Not thanksgiving for the demands, not like thanksgiving for all the things he's done in your life. Thanks for the things that you've seen, the things that you haven't seen that he's done. Thanks for the opportunities that are coming. Thanks for the opportunity to stand the enemy down. 
thanks, 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 is a real key for you to be able to kind of shift your perspective, right? Remember, we're, we're pushing into prayer, praise, promises, and communion. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The invitation when you get overwhelmed is, come to me, all who are weary and burdened. Come to me, right? You're not going to be able to do this by trusting yourself. Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. When overwhelm's coming and you need help, you want to lean to him. Let me tell you, he's, 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 he's had a few practices at this with the 10 billion people that have been on earth before we turned up, right? So he is the God for you to be able to throw your cares to and, and help you process the overwhelm. Right, so that's the first thing, get above the overwhelm. The second thing we need to do to handle overwhelm is we've got to cut the confusion. So like I said before, our minds are going and going and going and going and going and going. And we're, we're normally thinking about negative things and we connect them all in our heads so that we become like stuck in mud because we need to do that one to do that one, but I can't do that decision until I make that decision and we get, we get really bound up. The reason why we get to that point is we have too many competing priorities. Too many competing priorities. That's why we have to cut the confusion. <clears throat> now, I'm not talking about, because um, here's what I don't want you to ever do, play small. I don't want you to shrink back. <clears throat> That's not the kingdom of God. Isaiah, the prophet said, the government of God is ever expanding. Right? That's what that's the, that's the, the government, the kingdom that we're a part of. It's ever expanding. So we need to be part of that expansion too. So when I talk about cutting the confusion, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying you basically, as a tool, take a pen and a paper and spend 30 minutes, right? If it takes that long, it's a really good exercise. And write down everything in your mind, every to-do, every thought, everything you haven't got back to, everything you're missing the mark with, what you're doing, what you're not doing, the problems. Like just write everything down. And then you've got one job, cut 50% of it. You can't, you, you, you've got to stop having one focus, but 15 competing priorities right now. You can't have both. You've got to jealously guard the thing that you need to be doing most right now. We would call that your assignment, right? You know, a lot of people, I tell people all the time that my life is really quite boring, you know, in terms of the amount of things I do. I grow my business, that gets the most of my attention. I spend time with my wife and kids and I go to church and I don't really have any other interests. Why? Because more competing priorities brings me more overwhelm. It's that simple for me, okay? And I don't want you to do that. That's why I cut everything out and just jealously guard the things that matter. So, you know, but for some of you, you've got so many competing priorities because your entrepreneurial you know, nature has mean that you started six businesses and you're doing them all at 50%, which is not good enough to make any of them fly. Or it could be that you're too much of a people pleaser and you say yes to everybody else's priorities, right? And so now you've not only got to juggle your own, but you've got to say yes to everybody else's. That could be that you've said yes to your friends too much. It could be that you've said yes, possibly to your family too much. It could be that you've said yes to your church too much. It could be that you've said yes to any arrangement of people right, and their priorities, and you just got to stop that, right, so when I say do the 50-50 on your list, literally cut out 50%, go back to those people, say, sorry, I let you down, and jealously guard the 50%, now here's the thing, do the 50% better, and then you expand out of it, because then you can go, okay, what really matters on my list, what really matters, and here's my framework, 
I'm going to stand before the Lord at the end of my life and give an account for the talents that he gave me. Will I be able to say I maximized the talents, you know, for the assignment that he had for me? That's it. That's the filter that I put my decision-making through. You know, no, putting, being on the chairs ministry, that's not going to get me there, right? Like playing golf every Saturday morning with the boys may feel good, but that's not, like, that's not going to get me there. Like just start cutting the stuff out that doesn't line up with your assignment, what you want to achieve, and your priorities. Get your priorities straight and cut everything else that doesn't line up with it. Numbers number two. So number one, get above the overwhelm. Number two, cut the confusion. Point number three is you've got to create margin in your life, okay? Jesus went off to pray on multiple occasions. Jesus went off to pray. He would literally be like, it doesn't say this, but I can imagine him going, um, I need to, you know, I need to blend my life. You know, I've just been all in with, with thousands and thousands of people. When he fed the 5,000, you know, that was a heavy few weeks leading up to that. And then he goes to the, the mountainside to pray. Right, and he and he gets on his own, and he gets that margin in his life, <clears throat> you know. And so, you need to have time, and it, it, I find that it doesn't need to be massive chunks if you do it regularly, but you need to have time to think, create, laugh, um, you know, in, enjoy some things. Now, here's the thing: if that is golf, and that's not bringing you overwhelm, and it's not putting too much pressure on other areas of your life, then great. This isn't about not liking golf. This is about working out, okay, if golf's meant to be a blessing, but it's been a curse because it's bringing me overwhelm, it's a bad idea. But you still got to create that little bit of time, right, where you, where you have that time to think and create and read your Bible and praise and, and, and have fun and be with people that matter and drink coffee with people that inspire you, whatever. You've got to have that margin because if you don't, and I find that when overwhelm comes, we normally shut down that time because we think doing more is the answer. It's not. It's not. Doing, doing more of what lines up with your assignment and with your priorities matter, but not all the other stuff. So cut out some time and make margin. Time to breathe. Time to think. Time to do exercise. Time to read, right? Just, you know, the few things that matter. For me, I absolutely love reading the business section of our national newspapers, looking at mergers, acquisitions, who's buying what, those sort of things. I love that time. You know what? I only really need 15, 10 to 15 minutes and a, and a good cup of coffee and no distractions. And I can just, I just get lost in thinking and that business. And it's just wonderful just for me to kind of throw off restraint for a minute. And I come alive again. I feel good. It makes me, and then I think about that deal that's happening. And then how does that apply to my own stuff? And I, it get creative again. And it's just good, right? Sometimes it's just going for a drive. Sometimes it's taking my car down the car wash and washing it myself. Why? Because I just want the time to myself just to do something and, and, and just get that, get that margin back because you cannot live constantly under the pump and you cannot live in your own head where you're just making a million thoughts going round and round in circles. Here's one thing that I've learned about overwhelm in my life because it, it happens. I, I'll, get to the, I'll get to the next capacity and then I will jump early because I've worked out how to handle it now. But here's what I have worked out for me and probably for you. When I see overwhelm, I know that is the trigger to hire again. Another staff member, another employee, another team member on the business. Because I'm trying to, you know, I'm scaling up a business here. I need to always be adding team. When I get to overwhelm, it's because my model's broken right? My capacity is maxed, the model's broken, and I can't expand out of here. I know that I need to hire. 
Now that could, it could be any one of any roles in the business. It could be somebody at the bottom of the org chart who's gonna take pressure off everybody in the org chart so that somebody has some capacity for me to push some stuff to them. It could be a completely new hire in the business to be able to put you know, the 50% of stuff that I don't wanna do, they do it. Now I can focus on the 50% that moves the needle and now I'm not overwhelmed because I can fit that back into my day and my week, all right? For me, that's why I'm saying you, ne you can never shrink back from it. Please take that. Never let anybody let you off the hook. Do not shrink back when you get overwhelmed. Expand out of it. And you'll do that by cutting confusion, giving those tasks to somebody else or just not doing them ever again. But for me, it's always an indicator that I need to hire, right? One or two new people. And then I get my capacity back because I can go and do a whole lot more. Um, and that, you know, for me, it, it's just a great thing to say, I need to hire. Now, you, you know, you might be out overwhelmed when you're like, I can't afford to hire. You can't afford not to hire. So, you know, just go now. It, I would always be hiring a full-time internal person because that's the size of business we have today. But you might be thinking, I need to hire a, you know, a, a virtual assistant overseas for 10 hours a week. It doesn't have to be expensive. You just got to get somebody to be able to take a bunch of stuff off you so that you can get your capacity back and build the capacity and focus on the things that move the needle, all right? So that's it. Step number one, we get above the overwhelm. Step number two is we've got to cut the confusion. Step number three, create margin in our life and ongoing. You can't just have like a week away. That, that might help you get rid of, you know, big overwhelm now, but it doesn't help. It just means that when you come back the Monday after the week away, you've got today's problems and all the new ones, right? You've got to create that margin consistently, whether that's you know, half a day a week, two hours, Saturday morning for some time, every fortnight, like whatever, however you get it to work, but it needs to be consistent and it needs to be routine inside your diary. What I wanna hear from you though, before I pray for you, is out of those three, what do you need to do right now? Do you need to get above the overwhelm? Do you need to, and get a new perspective? Do you need to cut the confusion and, and do your 50-50 list? Or do you just need to go to your diary and start to create some, some margin in there that you jealously guard and you get that time to you know, laugh and create and have fun and dream again. What do you need to do? I want you to put one, two, or three in the comments for me because I want the feedback loop from you. All right, if you're feeling overwhelmed today, then I'm gonna pray for you right now. Spirit of God, full fresh on our time here today. Lord Jesus, whether somebody's watching this now or, or watching this later on, we just lift them up to you, Lord Jesus. Father, we know that overwhelm is a, um, a foothold for the enemy. And so I stand the enemy down now, Lord, for everybody that's saying, I feel overwhelmed. I stand the enemy down. Where you think you can get inside their mind and wreak havoc and bring lies and, and bring self-loathing, we cast that assignment from the enemy back to the pit of hell where it came from. I proclaim freedom of thought for every person that is feeling overwhelmed today. Lord Jesus, I pray right now that a renewed strength will come into their life as they focus more on you. As they're praying with me, Lord Jesus, and they're leaning into the things of the kingdom, I pray those promises are real and true. That as we lean into you as our refuge and our fortress, you are always there in our time of trouble. You will help us renew our strength. You will stick closer than a brother. Father God, I just pray that even as I'm praying right now, there'll be a renewing of the minds of the people that are praying with me. I pray that a boldness will rise up to say, no, I'm going to expand out of this and not play small. 
Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you for all the kingdom champions that are out there that are going on this journey of doing something that very few people do, which is making a difference to advance the kingdom in a major way. I want to thank you for their boldness, for their obedience. And I pray right now, Lord, that they will be renewed in their mind and feel great about the coming season. Amen. Well, bless you guys. I hope that's been valuable for you. I'll see you next week back on the podcast. 